ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯಂಕರಾಚಾರ
There are many big lilies. What to do now? No, no, bring me the big blue lily. There are many blue big lilies. What to do now? Bring me the big blue fragrant lily. This is a very nice way to understand the difference between Visheshana and Lakshana. Visheshana, the adjective, what does the adjective do? It tries to separate, bring out characteristics of things, of a particular thing from other things of its own class. Like for example, tree. Tree is a jati. It has a class, a species. Flower, jati. Tree, jati. So in that jati, a particular kind of tree, if I want to highlight, I am using this particular technique called adjective. The use of the adjective is primarily to distinguish one thing from other, many other things of its kind from its own class. Tall tree, big flower and small child like this. Among the children, look for the small one. Among the trees, look for the tall one. Now, for Brahman, that which, which is, how many Brahmans are there? One, the last time we checked. <laughs> and then, if we call Brahman by the name Bhuma, how many Bhumas are there? One again. So if there is only one of its kind, does it make sense to say tall Brahman? Why? Because the adjective is redundant, defunct. Why? Because we are not able to see anything. What does it say? You know, tall Brahman means what? Immediately my mind goes to many, 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 the possibility of many, 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 many Brahmans and the Brahman that I want to know is tall. This will take us on a wrong scent. All right. Because there is only one Bhuma, one Atma, one Brahman that is known by so many names, we cannot use the distinguishing feature of the adjective in order to describe that, first of all, which is only one of its, uh, one of its kind, which is without a second, and secondly, what? It is totally and utterly attribute-less. Attribute-less doesn't mean it has less attributes, okay? Yeah. It is totally and absolutely free of all attributes. There are no attributes to speak of. How are you going to describe something that doesn't have attributes? How are you going to use the adjective? The adjective deals with attributes. Tall, short, big, small, all these things. So therefore, how are you going to deal with that which has no attributes? Therefore, the adjectival words and descriptions do not fit Brahman because it is totally, as we saw yesterday, and utterly free of attributes. Emptied of all attributes is this Bhuma. And then what? How am I going to know it? I have to know it. Adi Shankara, 
comes to our rescue yet one more time. <laughs> Very kind of him. He says that, let us look for a laukika example. Laukika example means worldly, that we see. Let us look for an example in the world of something that is free of attributes. How will we describe that? So in the world, what is free of attributes? Space. Yes. Space. Whether it is space outside or space in the head, still. <laughs> That's why I say what? Spaced out. <laughs> still it is free of attributes. How am I going to define space? Adi Shankara says, Avakasha Pradatra Akashaha. Space is that, dot, dot, dot. What does space do? It accommodates. Space is that which accommodates. Isn't that a fantastic definition? It's an absolutely fitting definition and it will fit no other thing than space. This is the beauty of Lakshana. It's a tailor-made, measured, custom-fitted <laughs> definition only for that one thing alone. It does not fit anything else. Because, the truth be told, nothing accommodates like space. Nothing accommodates like space. Space alone accommodates. And so we already have in the world examples of things which are one of a kind. Not even one of a kind. The only thing which is like space is what? Space. <laughs> it's incomparable to anything else because there's only one space. And similarly, from that we take the cue of how the Shastra, we, we become sensitive to understanding how does the Shastra define Brahman. Here known as Bhuma. Very good. Yes. So how does the Shastra define Brahman? So two things should be there. It should define it in a way that is not using any attributes at all. Why? Because Bhuma happens to be free of attributes. So I cannot use short, tall, big, small. I cannot use color. I cannot use anything. I cannot use Kriya. See, I cannot use anything in the gamut of words. The words are not just Visheshana, not just adjectives. I cannot even use verbs to describe Bhuma. Why? It is not only free of attributes, it is also, FYI, free of all action. So therefore, it is free of action. What does Bhuma do? Hmm? Nothing is the answer. It doesn't do anything. Yet in its presence, everything, blessed by its presence, everything acts. All actions take place without it doing anything. And the example Adi Shankara will give is like the Raja, the king. The king sitting in the palace, nothing happens. That's why the king sometimes goes on the road, goes to the market. Everybody just... What should I say? Attention is in attention. Everybody spiffs up. Everybody starts to do what they are supposed to do. Similarly, 
Bhuma is the presence that lends its existence and its sentiency to all things to act in their own spheres itself totally and completely actionless. So that means what? I cannot use verbs to describe Bhuma. Adjectives cancel. Verbs cancel. Because Bhuma does not do anything interesting. <laughs> it does not sit, it does not stand, it does not run, it does not walk, it does not sleep, it does not eat, it does not gossip, it does not go to see movies, it doesn't do anything at all. So I cannot use verbs to understand this Bhuma. Adjectives, gone. Verbs, gone. What else is left? Nouns. I can use nouns. Nouns means what? Nama. I can use names. But then, we saw yesterday, Bhuma is the abode or the resting place of all names. Itself is what? Nameless. So there is no name. Name cancelled. How else is something known through words? Something else one more thing is there, sambandha. Sambandha means what? Relationships. My sister, my friend, his mother, her father, his shop, her business, his occupation, her property. This is how we know things. So here, what can we say? of Bhuma. Bhuma is related to whom? Everything and nothing at the same time. Yesterday that's what we saw. Everything is related and finds its existence in Bhuma. Bhuma is not related to anything at all. Nothing. You cannot say, I am going to get to know Bhuma through a wonderful connection. I know Bhuma's first cousin. <laughs> you know, it's just like how if you want a job and you have to get some, you have to drop some names and get some inside recommendations. I know the cousin of the CEO. So therefore, let me, let me get you an appointment because I know the cousin of the CEO. Idhar kaam nahi chalega. Here this thing is not possible at all. But why can't I go to Bhuma via the cousin? Bhuma has no cousin. <laughs> Simple. No cousin. No, that cousin is already once removed. How about immediate siblings? No sibs, no links. Okay, nothing. Bhuma must have a mom. No, no mom. And if no mom, then no dad either. No dad, no mom, no friend, no cousin. No, Bhuma must be connected to other things in the universe. Such as the, all other bodies, all other names. We saw that there is a connection. From the standpoint of Bhuma, there is no connection. It says, who are all these people? No, the people in the Jagat. You know the Jagat, the full of 
Chara charaatmakam, things that move, things that don't move, you know, jay for jagat. What will Bhuma say? There is no jagat. <laughs> what is there? Only me. But don't you feel lonely? No. Why? Because I am only. <laughs> and the only that is Bhuma is not at all lonely because loneliness again is a relative term. Defined by the absence or the presence of something that is needed, wanted to fill my life. Here there is nothing needed, nothing wanted. What is there is only. So how are you going to use words that talk about relationships to describe Bhuma? Can we do that? No. But, but, but it is still confusing because you yourself said all things are what? Bhuma. All things are Brahman. So then Brahman should have what? Some relationship to all things. At least we should be able to say because of Brahman has given birth to all these things. They, all these things, Brahman is sustaining all these things. And then all these things go back to Brahman, we should be able to say. Yes, we should. And yes, we do. But then that is still a provisional statement. There is a realm beyond this understanding. This is just a provisional understanding. We'll revisit this and look at this. But what is this realm beyond this cause-effect relationship? Bhuma is the cause. And what is the effect? Jagat. Jagat is the effect. All the things in this universe, starting with my own body-mind-sense complex, finds its place in Bhuma, because of Bhuma it is, and then it is, it's, it is sustained by Bhuma, it goes back to Bhuma. This is such a neat little argument. What do you have against me that you want to shake this understanding in me, which I have gained through the previous retreats? Why do I have to go further? Why do I have to go beyond it? Because if you want to lose the sorrow, that is exactly what the doctor calls for. Who is the doctor? Upanishad. Lady doctor. Upanishad is feminine. <laughs> this is what the doctor calls for. Because even though it's very complacent, it's a nice kind of a swimmy feeling. I am in Bhuma. <laughs> I am, you know, I am included, I am safe, and Bhuma is my mom, Bhuma is my dad, the whole Jagat, you are in Bhuma, I am in Bhuma, and everything is in Bhuma. A Bhuma here, a Bhuma there, here a Bhuma, there a Bhuma, everywhere, Bhuma, Bhuma. <laughs> It's nice. <laughs> Why do you want to shake this comfort level? This also I had to gain after so many retreats. Do you know that? <laughs> With great difficulty I came this far and now instead of ratifying my knowledge, you are scratching at the surface. <laughs> and you are dismantling it. Yes? That is the job. 
that is the job of the Upanishad. That is the job of the teacher as well. When we start to get comfortable, we stagnate. This is what it is. It becomes a kind of a cesspool of certain pat ideologies, ideas which we just bandy about and then live like that. Nobody wants that. Narada doesn't want that. Sanat Kumara wants him to go further. And through Sanat Kumara, we all can go a bit further if we are ready. We'll take, in order to understand this a little more and to see what is the problem with this stagnation or with this complacency, we'll take a trip into the ninth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, which is, whose title is what? Raja Vidya, Raja Guhyam. Kingly knowledge, kingly secret, <laughs> it is translated as. Royal secret, meaning rich, a secret that provides riches once it is known. The treasure chest is hidden here. This is what the Bhagavad Gita wants to convey. And in there, the Lord Krishna says, describes, he describes his peculiar relationship as Ishvara. He describes his peculiar relationship with the Jagat in the following verses. First he says, I am going to tell you the most secret thing, knowing which you will be freed from everything inauspicious. Yadnyatva mokshate mokshase ashubhat. And then he says, there is me and then there is this whole jagat, right? Starting with what? Five elements, bhutas. Matsthani, sarvabhutani. These beings are in me alone. These beings are not separate from me. They are in me as it were, alone. And then he clarifies. Naja aham teshu avasthitaha. They are in me alright. But I am not in any one of them. This is very nice and easy to understand. Especially with our trusty prop. Part. From the standpoint of the pot, what is its relationship to clay? Can this pot exist without clay? No. Therefore, matsthani sarvabhutani, meaning if, if the Lord were talking from the standpoint of clay, if the clay could talk, the clay would say that Every piece of earthenware has its being, where? In me. In other words, from the standpoint of this pot, 
clay is intrinsic to the existence of pot is this understood if you want a non fancy way of putting it no clay no pot okay yeah <laughs> no clay no pot easy to understand everything has its being in me the clay can say the earthen lamp not just the pot yeah we have many tricks the earthen lamp has its being in me the jug has its being in me sharava this is called the jug has its being in me another pot tiny one little insecure and nervous because of how small it is because it believes in the smallness even right now it's saying put me down <laughs> what if i break i'm a precious vedanta teaching pot <laughs> so this pot this earthenware lamp that jug this pot all of them have their being where in clay no clay no pot no big pot no little pot no jug no lamp if this much is understood then we can look at it from the standpoint of the clay from the standpoint of the clay is pot intrinsic to clay no this much we can see because clay can be in the form of a lump on the wayside clay can be in the form of a krishna figurine among many other things and so clay has many 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 forms clay can also be without form just a lump somewhere from the standpoint of pot clay is intrinsic to its existence when we change the standpoint when we do a headstand and look at it from the standpoint of clay pot is incidental expression of clay incidental casual therefore he says sarvani bhutani matsthani iti upadharaya no all beings to have their being their beingness is borrowed from who me like the existence of the pot is borrowed from what clay the beingness is borrowed from me alone so therefore matsthani sarvabhutani nacha aham teshu avasthitah i am not in any one of them why pot is clay clay is clay the whole jagat is ishvara ishvara is ishvara ha <laughs> pot is clay clay is clay whole jagat is ishvara ishvara is ishvara ishvara is not the jagat does not undergo any change to become the jagat this much we know and this much is the understanding with which we are comfortable but here new terrains have to we have to 
yet one more jump which is described in the bhagavad gita in the very next verse nachamatsthani bhutani pashyame yogam aishwaram Even if you don't know any Sanskrit, this much is understood. Matsthani sarva bhūtāni and in the very next verse what? Nachamatsthani bhūtāni. We can see that it is negated. It is a contradiction. What kind of a contradiction? An apparent contradiction. This is where we grow. When we go to this place, that is where there is more growth left, more understanding to gain. Nachamatsthani bhutani. What are you talking about, Arjuna? Nothing is in me. Nothing is in me. Bhuta brit. I am that which incidentally expresses or protects or uh, upholds the beings. Not bhūtastaha, I am not in anything. Because this, this positionality is brilliant because it solves two problems. First problem is coming to the conclusion that Bhagavan is in all things. That means what? Bhagavan has become the universe. That means there is no Bhagavan to pray to because Bhagavan has turned into a uni- into the very universe that is untenable because if ishvara has become the universe ishvara is limited or limitless limited what what does ishvara how is ishvara presented in the upanishad as satyam jnanam anantam brahma limitless so anantya hani should not take place and so therefore we uh, we say this that Ishvara has not become the universe. And neither is the universe held in Ishvara like a uh, baby in the womb of the Janani mother. The mother to be is holding the baby in her womb. And similarly, if we say Ishvara is holding this Jagat baby, <laughs> even after it's born, holding it in herself himself then too we have a problem previously we had what we had anantyahani the limitlessness was in danger and here we will have advaitahani here non-duality is in danger how because if the mother is holding the baby how many do we have Two. What is Advaita? Not two. <laughs> Not two. Not two means what? Non-dual. You see, these are very difficult situations. They have to be nicely analyzed. They have to be properly analyzed and then overcome. If I say the clay holds all the pots, then that means again we don't have this non-separateness. Neither it is right to say clay has become the pot. So what is the relationship between pot and clay? Very important question. So we can have again here 
two levels of understanding the first level of understanding is that there is a causal relationship as it were the cause of pot is what clay because we already said no clay no pot so there is a causal relationship but again we cannot go to sleep here and then say that this is the ultimate there is a causal relationship as it were but then since from the standpoint of the clay the pot is but an incidental expression this causal relationship also is ultimately transcended we go beyond the causal relationship how do we go beyond the causal relationship in this particular manner here we forget the clay pot example because we cannot drag it any further but if we say that the bhagavan is the cause of all beings this is an interim definition of brahman why is it interim definition because all beings all things in the universe are what permanent or impermanent impermanent we have been saying this everything is finite alpam everything is finite so the finite we can say you know the finite rests as though in the infinite has emerged from the infinite is sustained by the infinite and then goes back to the infinite why because we see that the jagat undergoes cycles of emergence and disappearance in fact the word jagat is what jayate kachati jagat this we can be comfortable with we can say that the jagat comes and jagat goes but what about brahman here brahman means ishvara who is ishvara the cause of the jagat the cause of the jagat the causality which is imbued upon brahman is what that is what we are talking about that is what is ishvara ishvara is brahman which is seen from the standpoint of cause that is why we call it as ishvara the conscious being in whom all knowledge all power every shakti rests and this ishvara along who is along with shakti gives you know rise to all these things all these various bodies minds etc and resolves them as well sustains gives birth to resolves them when the jagat is not there then what happens to the cause cause has no job <laughs> can we call the cause a cause just because no <laughs> we cannot call the cause a cause when the cause when the causality is not in operation and the example that's given is that of a king modern kings in india can they be called a king they just have a title 
empty whatever no coffers and the palaces many of them are rotting because they are old and it needs a lot to upkeep half of the palace is turned into a hotel <laughs> because that's how they make some money and pujya swami ji used to tell this very wonderful story he went to inaugurate a, a new wing of the saraswati mahal library of ancient manuscripts in south india maybe in tanjavur and then the chief guest was the king of tanjavur and suddenly two people took up bugles and then the bugle sounded pe 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 then what and the announcement was made over the megaphone huge long titles son of so and so the the the, the s o n son and the s u n of tanjavur and this one and that one and the the, the one who, who whose empire never sets etc etc raja dhiraj maharaj and whatever his name was aa rahe hain they are coming so and so is coming and pujya swami ji was looking for a car thinking he'll come in the car or maybe a big retinue in a big bus or a suv or something like that how did the king come in a little cycle rickshaw <laughs> okay swami ji said at least for this occasion they could have lent him a car somebody could have <laughs> maybe the rest of the functions he goes to cycle by cycle rickshaw but this one at least he should have come by car but that's not the point what is the point a king divested of his kingdom can barely be called a king so this brahman which is known as ishvara is what is this consciousness that we have been talking about this consciousness imbued with the cause the atma alone i free of name free of form free of attributes is made to wear a crown and what does the crown say cause of the universe <laughs> a crown has a insignia cause of the universe when the universe resolves what happens to the ishwaratvam not ishvara mind you ishwaratvam what is ishwaratvam causality causal hood the status of being cause what happens to that resolves ishvara which is bhuma very much there unchanged that's why when you go talk to this bhuma it says what jagat <laughs> i don't see any jagat there ain't no jagat then again the jagat rises so to speak if we say and these are all just now from the standpoint of this text the rising and the falling and the resolution and the sustenance of the jagat is vedanta baby talk gu gu ga ga okay yeah <laughs> that's all it is 
It is Vedanta baby talk from the standpoint of where this text is wanting us to go. It is just an interim explanation for who? For the one who, who is Srishti Chintakaha. Gaudapadacharya's expression in the Mandukya Karika. Beautiful. Srishti Chintakaha means those who dabble only in Srishti. Their commitment is towards the Jagat. They are not interested in the cause of the Jagat, much less are they interested in understanding themselves as the truth of this universe. They are all stuck at the level of the universe. How did the universe come into being? Why did God create the universe? And if the universe is created, then why did God create? Why did Ishvara create? Some people say, for the sake of his own play. He was lonely and then he wanted to play. So then, just like the child, you know, asked the parents to buy it a Lego set. Ishvara, so all the things in the Jagat, all the houses, all the um, empires, everything in the Jagat is what? The Lego set of Ishvara. And he has trouble letting go. <laughs> and so, some people say that, creed artham, some people say, oh, it is just for no, for, for, for the, for the sake of just helping the people in the, the jivas, in the jagat, all these things. These are all questions and postulations, postulates that come from a wrong premise. I take that which comes and goes and then make that the centerpiece and then I say, why did this happen? If I weave all the explanation around the Jagat, then what am I going to have? Oh, everything will be provisional. So here, the question is not you know, why the Jagat is created. That's not the question, is, uh, that's, not, that's a very waste of time from the standpoint of the Narada-Sanat-Kumara dialogue internalization. Why the Jagat is created, why the Jagat comes, why the Jagat goes are the series of wrong questions to ask. Then what is the right questions to ask? What is the truth of this Jagat? I'm not interested in that which comes and goes. I am interested in that which does not come, does not go. And if I am one with that, if that is my definition, then there is no sorrow. Because what do I want? I want to not come and not go. I want immortality, amritam, amritattvam. This is what I want to know. Why would I be bothered in, you know, jagat coming, jagat going, here, there, everywhere? Who cares? Who cares why the Jagat came? Who cares why the Jagat went? It's a wrong question. The research itself is vitiated because we have, we are uh, belaboring uh, with a wrong set of hypotheses. This is what the Upanishad says. So the causality is as though. And then the one who thinks I am subject to this cause. I am but an effect. I am a sad being. I am a jiva. 
the one who identifies with jeevaness jeevahood that too is a super, as though superimposition upon that bhuma that brahman that consciousness free of name free of attributes free of form it's an as though superimposition jeevatvam mithya mithya means that which depends on sat and what is sat bhuma myself consciousness ishwaratvam mithya jeeva and ishvara not mithya jeeva is ishvara the tvam the causality is mithya and the one who obtains or who identifies as i am just an effect there is somebody else that is overruling me that is also mithya just roles that are played the viveka chudamani describes this absolutely wonderfully the king has had a bit extra to drink little bit of a stupor partied a lot all the courtiers went home the king was there in the palace being guarded by the trusty sentry and the sentry was having some wrong ideas what did the sentry do overpowered the drunk king exchanged the dress and the insignia of power maybe they carried a scepter or a ball or whatever it was everything he got the stamp the seal the royal seal everything he got now the king is dressed as what sentry sentry is dressed as king he throws the king near the door along with the uh, the, the spear that he has to hold to guard the door and in the morning claps his hands calls all the people and says look at this sentry he supports to guard me but look he is drunk catch him clap him behind the bars off with his head and the, the the king who is in the garb of the sentry comes to and says no 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 i am the king and in those ancient days the kings to see the king you know they would not really recognize the king because of all the paraphernalia all the crown and this and that and everything and you would see him from far away nobody really knew what he looked like and so the sentry with all the crown and the makeup and mustache and beard or whatever the king had nobody recognized and everybody thought the king was the the sentry was indeed the king so you see this is exactly how it is this is exactly how it is and when we understand this we see that it is just a role it is just a dress it is a dress and an address o ishvara <laughs> that's all it is there is no difference between jeeva and ishvara jeeva is nothing but bhuma ishvara is nothing but bhuma jagat is nothing but bhuma but this triputi this kind of a three fold uh, differentiation is as though like what like wave and ocean one ocean 
let's say there are three waves big wave that is bossing over all the small waves <laughs> and then a small wave is feeling very sad for itself i'm at the end of my life nobody loves me long ago i was a breaker and now i'm just uh, here and so big wave we can say ishvara wave small wave jiva wave but then what what do we know both are what ocean that i am a big wave is but a notion that i am a small wave engulfed by my smallness and difficulties is also what a notion therefore there is nothing to cross what sorrow are we trying to cross nothing to cross there is no sorrow to cross this is sanat kumara's teaching expressed also in one of the famous mirabai's song mirabai the saint poetess of the uh, 13th century 13th or 14th doesn't matter medieval saint poetess there she says mori lagi lagana guru charanan ki i find myself totally attached to the feet of the guru why jhoot maya sab sapnan ki everything else is just false it does not give me the permanence that i want and then what does she say she says she went to the guru for swimming lessons how to cross samsara the sad bad mad samsara full of alligators of doubt fear pain sorrow sea weeds of involvement how to cross over all these things how to be free maybe there are swimming lessons should i do front stroke back stroke butterfly stroke which is the best stroke to cross over the river not river what is the other thing ocean of samsara then she sings bhavasagar sab sukh gaya hai the the uh, what is that called the ocean of sorrow the ocean of becoming the ocean of some sorrow <laughs> has as it were dried up totally sorrow has the ocean of sorrow has dried up why what did the guru do the guru turned around my vision to make me see that there is no sorrow at all there is no ocean at all fikar bhavasagar sab sukh gaya hai fikar nahi mohe taranan ki nothing to cross why because the ocean about which i was so frightened is what non existent do you need to cross a non existent ocean no because that which is an ocean which i think 
which I thought was an ocean, is but a notion. The vidya that reduces the samsara ocean to but a notion here is called bhuma vidya. There is no sorrow to cross. Nothing to cross. Ulat bhai mohe nayananaki. My vision has undergone a revolution, says Mirabai. How did it undergo a revolution? It underwent a revolution because before it was a vision full of divisions. Now it is a vision of no division. I have understood the vision of no division and therefore what? No more there is sorrow. No more there is anything to fear. So both these definitions are important to internalize. The first one as Brahman as the cause of the Jagat. Why? Why is this definition important to realize? Because we to understand, because we live in a manifest universe. In, in this ashram it's okay, but you go outside and start to say, what Jagat? <laughs> No, you cannot relate to people, even to your own loved ones. If you start saying, what Jagat? You forgot my birthday. What birth? What day? <laughs> you are not subject to birth. If you tell them that, then the significant other will lose the word significant and be only what? Other. <laughs> so, so, therefore, this, this is important to understand Brahman as the cause because we live in this manifest universe and we understand the concept of that which de-manifests and, uh, and manifests repeatedly. We understand the cycles of uh, creation, manifestation. So this is an important definition to internalize. This is the realm of Ishwaratvam Ishvara. And why is Ishvara important to recognize? Because the laws of the universe are manifest form of Ishvara. Dharma is Ishvara, Karma is Ishvara, Karma Phala is Ishvara. Everything is Ishvara. And that same Ishvara we can say, and it feels nice to uh, recognize that that same Ishvara resides in this body-mind-sense complex, is the true indweller. This is how the, as though alienation at the level of the Jagat is uh, bridged, cognitively bridged, through prayer, through worship, through finally also Sarvatma Bhava. But we cannot get complacent and stop there. There is one more length to go. And what is that? The second Lakshana of Bhuma which we saw last evening, which we, we, I reiterate uh, today as well. What is that? Free of name, free of form, free of attributes, free of adjectives, free of everything. If it's free of everything, 
maybe free of name free of form free of attributes hmm maybe it is non existent <laughs> shunya <laughs> maybe we are straying into the realm of buddha's teachings maybe it is shunya shunya means what here in this context we i mean to say non existent no free of form free of name free of attributes free of speech free of all the things we saw the whole thing the whole journey of sanat kumara we have taken free of all these things means what that means it is existent but it does not have attributes that's all it means then how do i know how do i recognize there's only one way it has to be me only one way what do you mean by it has to be me it does not need a pramana a means of knowledge to be to for it to be recognized it is what swatas siddha pramana siddha no swatas siddha it is evident to itself a thing comes to light either because of the existence of a means of knowledge which brings it to light or it is self existent all other things in the universe come to light through the use of a means of knowledge either pratyaksha direct uh, perception or through inference etc etc there is only one thing and one thing alone that is self existent which is what i aham that's why we began with asking the question what question did you ask in the beginning of the retreat remember are you here yes there is an unequivocal yes that is said nothing else so the first the name of the first lakshana through which brahman is recognized is called tatastha lakshana technical term tate tishthati named after the crow seen on the temple uh, on the other side of the bank and this person is in a boat and then has a question from the other people in the ferry i want to go to this particular temple there are so many temples let's say this is kashi varanasi on the other side of the bank so many temples uh, spires spires towers whatever they are called spires are there shikhas and then which one is my temple i want to go to annapurna temple and somebody who is knowledgeable like the boatman says do you see the crow on this particular uh, building yes this particular structure that's your temple so then when this fellow gets down does he still look for the crow no crow has flown away or maybe the crow is sitting on some other temple the crow just is enough it has done its job to make you recognize that particular temple 
Similarly, in Tatastha Lakshana, the causality that is imbued as it were upon that which is totally free of cause, this is what it is. It gives us an occasion to understand this, especially when we are in a, in a manifest universe of multifarious names and forms. The second Lakshana, which is free of all attributes and every, uh, uh, all names, all forms, all descriptions, is called Swarupa Lakshana. That which is intrinsic to its very definition, like even what? Avakasha Pradatra Akashaha, like even the definition of space. That which accommodates is space. And what is the definition of Bhuma? Yatra na anyat pashyati na anyat shrinoti na anyat vijanati. Where one doesn't see anything separate. One doesn't hear anything separate. Where one doesn't experience anything separate. Separate than what? Oneself. That requires a little more explanation. Fortunately, we have one more class tomorrow when 4.30 we will have that class and so we can finish that in comfortably in the concluding class. Now, Shuddhatmaji has is here to make some announcements after the closing prayer. Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti Shanti Shantihi Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om